Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Histories of the Unexpected. He's the famous historical adventurer, Dr Sam Willis. And he's Professor Extraordinaire of Early Modern British History at Plymouth University. He is Professor James Daybell. And we are your hosts for Histories of the Unexpected. Each week we discuss a surprising object oozing with unexpected historical significance. And this week it's gloves. Which is all about power and politics. The perfumed glove as political gift. It's also about the history of the hand and the history of touch. Uh, For me, it's all about the history of explosions and the Japanese Industrial Revolution. If you'd like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and tell all of your friends. We're on Twitter. You can follow me at Dr Sam Willis. And you can follow me at James Daybell. We're proud to be part of the excellent History Hit Network, home of Dan Snow's History Hit and other great shows coming soon. And you can find out more about what we've got planned in the forthcoming months, show notes, video clips, photos of everything we discuss and much, much more at historyhit.com forward slash unexpected. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of Histories of the Unexpected, where we will be audio googling through history, exploring the histories of things that you didn't even know had a significant story to tell, like handkerchiefs, which are actually all to do with the history of disease and scent, and mirrors, which are all to do with self-awareness and shame. I can't wait to do that one. (laughs) Brilliant. And we'll be following these links in our minds as we come across them, explaining how everything has a history, and crucially, how these histories link in unexpected ways. Sam, who knew that the history of gender-changing hats <laughs> might be linked to the history of witchcraft? Or that cat murder, cat murder of all things, might be linked to the French Revolution? Not me, I didn't know that. No, <laughs> the man sitting opposite me is the general of generations. It's Professor James Daybell. And the man sitting opposite me is sea dog of centuries himself, Dr. Sam Willis. <laughs> Together we will be piloting you on this uncharted and frankly highly dangerous flight into the past. Each week one of us will take the lead and this week it's James's turn. James, what have you got for me? So, Sam, this week I have a confession to make. I have become entirely obsessed with gloves. Right. The, the history of gloves. I am mm. seeing gloves absolutely everywhere. Fundamentally, I see them to uh, the way in which we rethink and understand the politics of 16th and 17th century Europe, but that is a bewildering story to tell, and I don't think it's one suitable for this, for this podcast. But what I want to share with you in a minute is a particular glove. What I want to hear from you now, though, is when I say history of gloves, what do you think? Where do you go with that? Right, history of gloves. Um, my immediate thought is it's to do with covering the hand so you're hiding 
jewellery, you're hiding wealth in some respects, you're hiding things like rings, you're preventing physical touch. So there's a barrier there. Um, there's obviously issues to do with fashion, um, with what your gloves look like. Um, oh, and there are pairs of them. I love things in pairs, pairs of earrings, because that also links to the idea of actually having, of being slightly rebellious and only wearing one of them, like Michael Jackson. You see, he was the man of only the one glove. I can't think of anyone else who only wore one glove. Maybe you know some other examples. Um, material, what they're made of. So lace... Leather, lace yeah. and leather, I suppose, wool. are pretty early yep. on. Uh, wool for wool. protection, so wool. protection is an important warm. thing. Keeping your hands warm. Yep. And of course, oh yeah, there's, there's going to be protection uh, from other things. I'll have to think about that. So yeah, a, a, an amazing, an amazing variety of stuff. If I revealed to you, uh, courtesy of Google, right. since we are Googling through history, this glove. Wow. What would you say of that? Okay, so that is a, it looks, like a bishop's hat. That's the only way I can describe it. It's an amazing thing. So it's, um, what colour is it? It's, it's red, dark red, and it's absolutely encrusted with the most magnificent jewellery. Are those pearls inlaid yep. on yep. there? Um, so it's, um, it's a, that, that is not a glove, that's a piece this of jewellery. This is a glove dating from the Holy Roman Empire, 1220. This Ooh. is the ultimate bling status symbol glove. Michael Jackson would have uh, yeah, know, would yeah. absolutely loved. It's quite a lot like of that. performance jewellery it, or theatre jewellery. It's about display, it's about power, it's about symbolism, magnificence. Which hand is that? Right, it's the right hand. That though. is the right hand, yeah. Was it, was it one of a kind or was there a left-handed one? Two, and a, and a, whole, and a whole ensemble. Oh, okay. I mean, we, need to, we also need to think about gloves as outfits. And not just not just by not just by themselves. What but you're the, wearing your glove with. Your, what you're wearing your glove. Your your glove matches your out matches your outfit. Yeah. What I have to show you though is another glove, um, which itself is a sort of is also a piece of Ooh. beauty. Well, that's beautiful. So um, to me, that obviously looks either early 17th century or kind of late 16th century, something like that. Um, it's cream. It's 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 got a quite a, a large cuff. Yeah. So it's not yep. just a glove. The, the fingery bit of the glove is only half the length of the glove. Uh, the rest of it, the bit that goes over your forearm, is a highly detailed um, embroidery, I suppose. Embroidery. Yeah. With um with all sorts of beautiful shapes and patterns. What um, we have here is little. We have this sort of very delicate embroidery work here, and we've got these little beaded jewels on here. The whole thing is a gauntlet made of leather. These flaps are interesting. They're kind of, there are two sort of flaps off the, off the bottom side of it, aren't they? They're for decoration, largely. Okay. This here, you see, is a bird in flight. Yeah. But this is, this is a glove that survives in Saffron Walden Museum, of all places. Mm -hmm. And it is thought to be the glove that Mary, Queen of Scots, wore on her execution. And there's a wow. Letter, there's a letter that travels... A death glove. A death glove. A death glove that has become, in fact, a relic. A glove that was passed to a servant on her death, on, on her death with, her, with her execution, and then passes down the family until one member of it gives it to a museum to present it. So this is, this is a glove with an extraordinary history that is associated with, you know, one of the most well-known historical figures you know, yeah. in, in, in Scottish and, 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 and British history. I wonder if she had that glove 
before she was executed, or whether, whether it was a kind of an outfit she wore for her execution. It's something that she wore for her execution. How amazing! If, if we if we if we believe that it is actually her glove, yeah, yeah. What, what's always difficult is actually the provenance of something of something like this. But it is supposed to match the undergarments that she was wearing. The undergarments. The undergarments that she was wearing underneath underneath her dress, so that it so that it kind of matched it matched everything. He, but, I mean, that's interesting. Cause I'd assume it would match your outer match garments. Outer garments, yeah. But in in legend, as it's come down to yeah. us, it was supposed to have matched the sort of crimson petticoats that she that she was wearing. But that's interesting. So that's the that's the layer of clothing that you have directly against your skin. Directly against your skin, yeah. Rather than something else on top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm interested in, in particular, is how do you go about reading a glove? As historians, you know, we're probably very used to reading historical documents, but how do you read a piece of fabric and a piece of material? And what I want to suggest is a sort of there is a sort of number of ways that we can start thinking about this that then prize out a whole range of different kind of ways of looking at, at history and the past. Right, okay. This is the kind of thing that if you went to somewhere like the VA where they want to run a brilliant MA. That's the, the Victorian the, Albert Victorian Albert Museum yep. where they run a brilliant um, MA in the history of design. They are used to doing object biographies like this. Yeah. Archaeologists are as well, and, uh, yeah, particularly and, uh, historical archaeologists and, and, and archaeologists. So these are the kind, these are the kind of techniques that you know that a lot of people that a lot of people use. But how do you look at this? Already, you've started thinking about what it's made of. So it's made of leather. What color is it? What's the symbolism? Uh, all of those kinds of things. You know, is it perfumed? You know, gloves. Uh, what does it smell the, like? From the 16th mm-hmm. century, would be perfumed, and people would be, and perfumers would actually perfume gloves with exotic scents that then would be given as gifts to to the monarch. But if we think about the glove as an object over its life cycle, what we effectively have is a story that goes from its manufacture, and so we can start thinking about about leather manufacture, about trade and that kind of thing. It then is, is sold, so it's bought, so you can think about trade and you can think about about consumption and taste, all sorts of things like that. It's then, as you said at the, at, earlier on at the beginning, it is given as a gift. Yeah. And there are, um, there are elaborate um, New Year's gift rolls for the Tudor period. Really? Enormous documents. So, for example, it would be from one end of the room to the other. We're talking things that are about six metres long in vellum. That you, roll, you roll out. And you can, they are a brilliant source for gift-giving. Throughout the so they're, what, they're, they're the, from the court. Or, is that at, what we're looking at? Court, at court. What, what gifts that were given to the Queen uh, for, in Elizabeth I's reign and the gifts that she gave back. And, and, and gloves, gloves and are important gloves, part. And gloves feature. Not just given by men, not just given by women, but also given by men. And <laughs> there are intricate details. Do we think that was a new thing in the Tudor period? or, or that gloves have, been given, gloves have been given as diplomatic gifts really? for a long period. It, uh, what, well, there's of, the whole expression of being hand in glove with someone as well, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. You're, you're literally holding hands. Yeah. Oh, that's what it's about, isn't it? So, yeah, you're, 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 it's, you're shaking hands. It's, it's, a, it's a symbol of that, isn't it? Yeah. But with Elizabeth, it's also connected to... The perfuming, perfuming of gloves is also connected to poison. Oh, so there is a, there, there's a, a, an instruction that goes up very early on in the reign to beware of gifts of perfumed gloves to the Queen. So she shouldn't touch these herself mm. because there's, there's fear that they're going to be poisoned. Um, so there are all kinds of ways of looking at this. 
Um, and there's also, if we look at... The, the, the glove as a murder weapon has the, surprised the glove, me. Uh, <laughs> essentially. The glove as a murder weapon, yeah. absolutely. And now that, of course, links to the history of fingerprints, doesn't it? Yeah. It must do. Yeah. And actually, yeah. criminals yeah. having to wear gloves, so that must have been I, I'm off the top I of my head. I, I, I don't know about the history <laughs> of fingerprints. <laughs> we, should, we should Google that up, yeah. as my, my daughters would say. Google it up. Um, but yeah, absolutely, the, 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 the relationship between the glove and the hand and the relationship with, with touch... When you shake somebody's hand, do you take a glove off? And all of that depends upon your relationship with them. It depends on social status. To shake the Queen's hand or to kiss the Queen's bare hand, you know, is 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 really yeah. significant. And what about hitting people around the face with gloves? That was well, the, that, I mean, that's all to do with dueling. This, this is really interesting. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thing. The, 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 the sort of the whether you if you think about this, what is it to to strike somebody in the face, tr- strike a man in the face with a glove? What does that what does that suggest? It is to issue an insult at somebody, to ask them for for a jewel, to drop for a woman to drop a glove in front of a man. And here we have our unpaired gloves, which you were talking about yeah. earlier on. That is about sexuality. That is about availability. Huh. The glove as, if we can say that, the glove as vagina. You know, and there's a lot of imagery about that in, you know, in, in early modern plays. Right, in Shakespeare. Okay. You know, putting, putting fingers into sockets of gloves is all about, you know, is all a sort of deeply sexual, yeah. sexual imagery. And I mean, all, all of that's been lost now. It's not how we think about gloves I mean, all, all, nowadays. All of this sort of, this, this rich cultural history of gloves has been has absolutely been lost. But then if we if we pick back up on the story that I was that I was talking about about how we've got the sort of the idea of, of display and symbolism, we've got gloves passing down, we've then got the, the the archiving of gloves, the kinds of gloves that survive. The gloves that we've got here, only that I've shown you here, the sort of elaborate imperial gloves or Mary Queen of Scots gloves, have only survived because they are connected to famous people. Right. You know, what we have is effectively elite gloves. The Victoria and Albert Museum has a wonderful collection of gloves, but they have been collected precisely because what they show is the history of design. Yeah. What is much more difficult to get at is ordinary people's gloves. Fagin's gloves. Fagin's fingerless gloves. Well, we have a literary... Pickpockets gloves. Brilliant. Ordinary people, which is archaeology. Yeah. That's where you find them. And there's wonderful, wonderful study being done of archaeological gloves from 1300 through to 1700 across Europe. And we are able to we are able to see the kinds of gloves that that survive. So we are, in that respect, utterly dependent on 
some magical and quite unlikely archaeological finds to exactly. help us help yeah. us understand. Yeah. But I think, as with all history, the, the really fascinating bit is being able to see the holes in it. And yep. in this yep. respect, yep. you know, it's middle class, lower class gloves. What did they wear? What were they like? Yep. I assume in the Victorian period, there will be all sorts of adverts in yep. newspapers yep. for gloves. So we can get a sense uh, from t- towards the end of the 19th century onwards of, of what people will, would have been wearing who weren't necessarily elite. But it, it goes back to the to the, um, you know, to the Middle Ages and, and beyond. Yep. Yep. How were gloves made? Who made yep. gloves? And, and probably the gloves for ordinary people would be wool gloves. You know, this is a England is a land, the land of wool. It, you know, people would have knitted gloves, and that would have been the most common and affordable form of gloves. The kind of gloves that we that I showed you here, Mary Queen of Scots gloves, which are leather. Leather is relatively expensive. We're talking about gloves being imported from Spain. We're talking about Italian gloves. You know, these high fashion gloves with long sleeves and gauntlets that people mm. would have worn. Very, very different. So yeah, I mean, if well, you... well, actually, just think about the, the function. Of them. These are these are proper gloves. Yeah. Those are sort of dress gloves. Yeah. Those, those are not are for gloves. actual function. Yeah. But um, they've got fingers. Yeah. So we've just thought about Fagin with his fingerless gloves, to actually yeah. allow. Or workmen nowadays will wear fingerless gloves to yeah. allow allow you to keep your hands warm, but to to be able to do intricate work. Yeah. And of course, the other one we haven't talked about is mittens, mittens. which which are completely yeah. different. So yeah. that's all about. It's all about warmth. It's all about not necessarily having a manual job or a very detailed job that you need to do so you know that someone wearing mittens who is working is doing is 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 using his eyes he's he's observing he's perhaps being in charge of something or he's just freezing and trying to keep warm but you could you could certainly read a glove and you can maybe read someone's occupation through that yeah absolutely and the use of gloves is so important you know so people you wearing gloves for protection Ah, uh, you know, or, I've got an idea about protection. Military gloves. Yeah, go on, um, go on, go, I, I'm gonna go, with it. I'm gonna go and get something. Okay, hang on. Right. Okay. Uh, what is that? That is a baseball mitt. That is a child's baseball mitt. Child's That's exactly what's it? Left-handed glove. It's it's in black leather. It's it's covered in the most amazing um, kind of leather stitching, essentially. Um, really substantial things. So we've got protection there. Now look at these beauties. What do you think they are? What on earth are those? They look like sort of fetish gloves. <laughs> yeah, I keep those upstairs. I'm, 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 putting, I'm putting on a sort of long, sleek leather. Yeah. And James is putting this glove on now. So describe it. It's, uh, it, it's rather like a sort of marigold sort of size, but with long, slightly longer sleeves. Up to your... Leather, up, up, to, your my, up to my elbows. Uh, elasticated, tight-fitting. What would these be for, Sam? Okay, so these are uh, gloves for flash protection, where, <laughs> yeah, um, and they're worn right. on um, uh, on by sailors on modern warships when they right. go, when they go into battle. Right. Um, so they're, they're absolutely wonderful things. It's incredibly soft leather, and it's this kind of leather because. Um, if there's flames, if there are balls of flames firing through a ship, it's not going to melt. It's going to yeah. utterly protect your skin, and. Of course, that's that's a, a you know a relatively new thing, and, and people only started wearing gloves like this, Protective you know, gloves. relatively mm. recently. They certainly weren't wearing them in the First World War. I've recently done a lot of work on the Battle of Jutland, the Battle of Jutland centenary, and one of the problems that the sailors had there was the absolutely horrific injuries experienced by the sailors in battle because of explosions, mm. um, cordite explosions, and another problem actually that sailors had was to do with steam. Which is brings us on to the very interesting question of steam engines. Yes. But uh, when, when they were developing ships, 
one of the real problems in the 1840s was appalling injuries in, in a way you can't kind of imagine them with, with, with steam engines exploding with um, scalding with pipes and it just took took flesh off bone essentially mm-hmm. so these gloves were developed to protect people from flash fires from explosions mm-hmm. which spread mm-hmm. through a ship mm-hmm. and you have to wear these you have to wear them well, the only thing now that which is exposed is your eyes and you put goggles over your eyes so mm-hmm. when sailors go into battle they look completely different from what they would look like otherwise mm-hmm. whereas uh, back in history it was all it was very different and you basically wore what you wore you maybe yeah, put yeah. some shoes on but gloves connected to military activity yes absolutely Gauntlets. Um, would have been would have been worn by yeah. many and dress men. gloves. And dress, dress gloves. You'd you'd also have gloves that were connected to hawking. Mm. So the haw- hawking gloves, so to protect your to protect your hand. So and that's all, to do with wealth and those, kingship and, also, and land ownership, yep, isn't it? Yeah, but it's to do with protection. I mean, I think one of the big differences, if you think about how we wear gloves nowadays, we would we would either wear gloves for sport or protection, maybe to do the washing up to protect our yeah. delicate hands, but. Or, or in in winter to keep our hands warm, but th- for the rest of the year and at other times we wouldn't we wouldn't wear gloves. Whereas in earlier periods it was much more common for people to wear gloves all the time, ah. routinely. Rather as people, you know, in the in the nineteen twenties, you know, through to the sort of the thirties, forties, would have worn a hat, you know, that it was and maybe have a cane as well. And, and, yeah. So it, it was part it was part of fashion. It was part of taste, and people would have had multiple pairs. So you would have had pairs of gloves that would have gone with different different outfits. Yeah. This, I mean, this, let's go back to this one. This, um, yeah. the one I brought down because I, I love, I love this. This is a baseball glove. Yeah. And it's to do with protection, and it goes back to this single glove idea. So it's not a pair yeah. of gloves. You yeah. only have one of them. Yeah. You obviously, when you play baseball, you put it on your left hand. You have your right hand free, free. for throwing, yeah. unless you're left-handed when you swap. So when people originally started playing baseball, they didn't have gloves and the history of American baseball goes through this very tortuous period in the 1850s where lots and lots of people playing baseball break their fingers a lot they have a constant stream of injuries but they're afraid to wear gloves in case all of their teammates laugh at them so the first baseball glove wearers it happens about the 1850s they start wearing gloves but they wear them their flesh colored gloves so that no one else notices that they're wearing gloves and what's interesting about this one is it's black Right. So you're proud of wearing this glove. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a direct contrast to your skin. It's not in any way skin coloured. I'm wearing a super cool glove. Um, but it was very different in the 1850s. And the wearing of gloves in baseball is, is um, one of those... Well, there's, there's a striking parallel now to do with concussions in British rugby. Really? If you think about that, because... The, the skull cap. Because of the danger. Yeah. And, um, and, and brain surgeons now are having to kind of sort out terrible brain injuries with children who are playing rugby mm, at the ages mm. of 13 and 14 and 15. Uh, but in the 1850s, the Americans had to struggle with this and they came to a solution and they wore gloves. And that's paralleled with the history of the helmet in mm. American football. And of course, these were all handmade in America until they started outsourcing them to Japan, where they could get them made cheaper, which led to the spread of baseball, the kind of obsession yeah. with baseball yeah. in Japan. Goodness me. What's also interesting in that, in terms of uh, in terms of its survival as an object, as a historical object, what we have is a is a modern day glove that you've got here. But think about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Think about the signing of gloves. Think about oh, famous right. baseball players' gloves that we would that almost they become they almost become the kind of relics that we've got with Mary Queen of Scots gloves. <laughs> they are they are displayed 
as and it's gone from a shameful artifacts. thing. It's gone from a shameful yeah, thing where yeah. I don't want to wear it to like the most valuable part yeah, of the game. Yeah, yeah. And these would be eminently collectible, eminently collectible. But also, what's interesting is the way in which you you talk about the the single the single glove. You know, in in earlier periods, to have a to have a pair of gloves and to give a glove away was again it's about it's about giving yourself away oh that's where's your other glove well, i've only i've only you know, got it, someone or, else has got it and it, it's something that's played with in 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 shakespeare and, and other sort of plays of the period the sort of the, the the dropping of the glove the glove being picked up the woman it to do with woman's availability and all of that sort of thing that is you know that is it's deeply symbolic deeply meaningful so to have a to have a single glove to be painted with a single glove and to have a, a glove that is sort of that is bent over that is drooping is all about female sexuality. Yeah. There's a brilliant article uh, called The Fetish of the Glove, uh, which, which talks about all of this. Well, I think we've both got glove fetishes I now. I think we have. I think we have. <laughs> well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We, 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 we think we've covered various aspects of the glove. We've sort of rampaged through the history of the glove, um, rather sort of unstructured, but hugely enjoyable. Don't forget that, as always, you are the third team of this podcast, and you listeners are the most important part of the team. So do get in touch with us on Facebook, on Twitter, by email. Uh, let us know if you've got any interesting um, glove stories. Send us photos of your gloves. That would be wonderful. We could all put them up online um, and any suggestions for future topics would be gratefully appreciated thank you very much for listening bye